Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast Supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. he was already thumbing downstairs as Lynn pulled his clothes on. His suit had been swapped out for more traditional elvish affair, as had been requested. Long green robes that clung tightly to his chest but flowed loose around his hips and legs. He hated wearing clothes like these. They restricted his movement too much, made him look more feminine, but he also knew the arguments it would cause if he didn't wear them. He took his time brushing out his hair, pulling it up into a more traditional braid than normal too, despite the way it tugged on his scalp and took far more time than he usually liked taking on something so simple. Why he couldn't just turn up in his normal attire, he'd never know, but when the owner of the house demanded you wear a particular type of clothing, you wore that particular type of clothing, no matter how uncomfortable it made you. You look dumb. That same voice half familiar and half alien to him, accompanied by the same roaring, crackling fire as if it came from his lungs along with his words. A part of him didn't want to turn, didn't want to see the once beautiful face engulfed in flames, but the longer he resisted it, the more it made his brain hurt inside his head. He looked much better than he did. Then again, the person opposite him always did. He'd opted for red instead of green, and for a second, Lynn thought his entire body was engulfed rather than just his face. He wore more of a dress than robes, the fabric clinging tightly down his legs apart from a long slit up the one side to his hip, and ornamental swords hung off his belt. Long ginger ringlets fell around his face, almost complementing the fire they surrounded. A faint memory remembered bright red lips and even redder eyes. It's not an insult if I already know it's true, he laughed back, turning back to the mirror to finish up the braid before turning around to take the elf's arm. Father is going to kill you if you go downstairs wearing that, you know. Lynn saw the grin in his mind rather than on his sibling's face, the flickering of flames obscuring it from his view. He just hoped it wouldn't be obscured forever. He wanted to see that grin again. Why? His grandfather's, I just... adjusted it a little. Came the reply, and Lynn couldn't help but burst out into even more laughter than before. You're telling me you cut up one of grandfather's robes and made that? May the gods save you, you are going to be fucking slaughtered down there. The change in scenery was so disorientating, it made Lynn's head throb. He knew, logically, he must have made it down the stairs and been introduced to the guests as was custom. But for him, it passed in less than a second as if he was teleported. But no teleporting had ever been allowed in this house. He was sat in between his siblings, also customary, being the middle child, along with his parents on a round table near the top of the room, 
close to the host of the party. At least, a part of him told him they were his siblings and his parents. They were all wreathed in flames, obscuring their faces from him and scratching out their words. I've been practicing a new spell. He heard projected into his mind, and careful practice stopped him from turning his head in the direction of the speaker. If he was messaging straight into his brain, then he must not have wanted to be overheard. Another part of him would have thought his voice would be clearer, less buried beneath the crackling of flames, but he was evidently wrong. And what is that? Lin responded, still thinking in his head rather than speaking out loud. Just because he couldn't cast his magic back didn't mean that he would be inaudible now the channel had been opened. I'm gonna make a dragon appear in the centre of the room, freak everyone the fuck out, and liven this party up a bit, came the response, and Lin actually struggled to keep a straight face at that one. We're gonna get kicked out. Father is going to literally kill you. You won't make it out of this party alive. Lim responded, trying to seem normal by taking more bites out of the food that had been served to them and drinking his wine. Lynn couldn't recall whether it had happened that fast before. Wait, not before. This was real life. This was real time. There hadn't been a before. But in seconds, a large golden dragon appeared in the room and chaos erupted. Someone grabbed his arm, pulling him away from the table and out of the room. It was strange, he was sure they were supposed to stay around to witness the mess that ensued, but his sibling's plan was made apparent within a few seconds. The two of them sprinted towards the stairs, giggling the whole time as they tried to get up to the second story, to the mezzanine that surrounded the ballroom below. The disarray down in the ballroom was beautiful in its own right. People were screaming, clambering over each other to try and escape the dragon, despite it not doing much but roaring and thrashing around in place. The host of the party looked more tired than scared, and Lynn wasn't surprised. They were far too smart to fall for a trick like this, and at least one of them seemed to be enjoying it, barely hiding a smirk behind his hands as the other tried to calm everyone down. The dragon disappeared as quickly as it had arrived, and Lynn felt his sibling fall down next to him, coughing up blood onto the marble of the floor that sizzled and burned away unnaturally. His entire body wrapped with each breath, and Lynn was sat beside him in an instant. You fucking idiot. You know that spell's too powerful to cast without dancing beforehand, he chastised while still holding up his hand to rub the other person's back gently. It was all he could do to help. It was all he could ever do to help. Lynn saw the ghost of his sibling's face in his memory as he turned to look at him, knowing there was blood pouring out of his nose and staining the corners of his teeth. I know. But how exactly am I going to get better if I don't push myself? Lynn awoke to tears streaming down his face. He wasn't used to dreams. He shouldn't get dreams. This wasn't right. After a few moments of gasping in the dark, his lungs trying to get more air than he thought was physically possible... He looked over to Kaylin and was relieved to see he was still fast asleep. At least he hadn't disturbed him as well. He rolled out of bed with a lot less care than he had done the first night. If that nightmare hadn't woken Kaylin up, he doubted anything would at this point. Padding out of the room, he turned left, heading towards the mezzanine above the hall the same way he had done that night so many years ago. 
house was quieter now, of course. No general partying or screaming about a dragon running through the halls. The silence generally told him that the residents of the house hadn't returned either. He was glad, in a way. They were far down on the list of people he wanted seeing him like this. The ballroom was almost spooky in the dark. All large golden pillars and murals that almost moved when he wasn't looking. The door didn't creak open, the house was far too well maintained for that, but his mind must have invented the noise. This was a room built for parties, built for occasions, built for happiness, but right now? Right now it was making some of the worst sadness Lynn had felt in months rise up in his chest and threaten to burst out. Tears were flowing freely down his cheeks now, getting faster even though he managed to avoid out-and-out sobbing. He cursed his memory as he made his way over to the spot it had happened, leaning on the banister like he had done almost 70 years ago. If he closed his eyes, he could almost hear the screams, smell the meat that had been roasted and served, feel the atmosphere of the part of his skin. Feel his sibling's arm in his. Lin hung his head low, resting it on the banister and taking slow, deep breaths. This was a mistake. Coming here was a mistake. There were too many happy memories made here, and right now they were haunting him, showing him the joy he didn't think he'd ever feel again. The spell he had been hit with must have been a powerful one if it had lingering effects like this. He wondered if it would have been as hard if he hadn't fought back. Probably not. Something this intense must have been a last-ditch effort to save their life. Hopefully it would wear off soon, he didn't know how much longer he could cope. Living with his guilt on its own was bad enough, let alone factoring in the utter horror of reliving his memories over and over again. It must have been morning when Caelan walked in. The time had passed quickly, Lynn trying to relive the memory in a happy way, trying to actually place his sibling's face there instead of the burning inferno that occurred in the nightmares. He couldn't forget his face. He couldn't let that happen. (sighs) You scared the hell out of me wandering off in the night like that. Caelan spoke up, only the smallest bit of humour in his voice. He sounded like he had been legitimately worried, which was sweet, at least. Until he walked over and occupied the space Lynn's sibling once stood. He knew it shouldn't, but it brushed Lynn up the wrong way. That wasn't Kaylin's place to stand. I got restless, he responded, trying to keep his voice neutral and hide how shaken he still was from the night's occurrences. Figured there was nothing that could harm me in a house as fortified as this, huh? Kaylin sighed before joining Lynn looking out over the bore and below. I guess it looked different in the daytime, light pouring in through all the stained glass windows and reminding him of some of the nearby temples. I suppose it was a temple, in a way. You know, Kaylin continued, voice still a little croaky from misuse, and at any other time, Lynn just knew he would find it sexy. I was going to say, how should I know it's well fortified, but, well... Look at this place. 
You don't have this amount of stuff in your house and not secure it. I was tempted to steal something, but I think I'd be struck by lightning from above. Lynn couldn't help but chuckle, hating the way the man's mere presence seemed to be calming him down. I would suggest not stealing from our house, he replied, stepping a little closer so their arms pressed together down their entire lens. If we're lucky, they won't even know we've been here at all. Otherwise, we might be invited back when they're here, and that always involves a huge fucking party. I don't know. I wouldn't mind a huge party, Kaylin grinned, turning around to press a chase kiss to Lynn's cheek. Getting to walk in with you hanging off my arm? People would talk about it for years. <laughs> Lynn laughed louder at that, turning his head to catch Kaylin's lips with his own for a second before tugging his arm to leave the room. That was enough moping for today. Come on, Casanova. We've still got a long way to go yet. Nice as it's been spending time with you in practically a mansion. He grinned, heading out of the door and back to the room to get dressed. Practically, Kaylin laughed, still following him out easily. This is the biggest fucking house I've ever been in. I dread to see if you live if this place is only practically a mansion. Leaving Winterdrift was never as impressive as arriving. Lynn supposed that made sense, but there was something about leaving the great marble buildings and cobbled streets for the great green wastelands of the Britown Plains and the dirt roads that crisscrossed them like embroidered fabric. At least the horses were arrested. Kiva's mane and tail had even been braided and almost matched his own hair, but Lynn couldn't help but wonder what happened to the poor woman if she had tried to braid Sheila's. At least she'd been an elf, and she still left with a smile, so the horse couldn't have been that bad. If we pick up the pace, we may even be able to get to Eastbourne by nightfall, Kaylin said, pushing Kiva a little faster. Lynn considered it for a moment. It did seem mean to push them both that hard, but... If he thought on it, then they both had just had a rest, and they'd be spoilt rotten on the train anyway. He matched the pace easily, half not wanting to disagree with Kaylin and half really not wanting to have to camp on the plains. There weren't really any thick patches of trees between here and Eastbourne, and pitching a tent out in the open when the rumours were certainly already abounding as to where he was just seemed to be inviting trouble. Even if we do get there, we'll probably miss the last train, Lynn pondered aloud, and he almost thought that Kaylin may have missed it, but the half-elf turned his head to look at him so he continued. I can find us an inn if you wanted, unless... He thought for a moment. Caelan had definitely said his parents lived in Eastbourne. Unless you wanted to stay at your parents. The displeasure crossing Caelan's face was hard to miss. Lynn paused for a second, spiralling into the anxious feeling that he'd gotten it wrong. No offence but I don't think I'm ready to introduce you to my parents just yet. Kaylin responded, obviously trying to be as polite as possible despite Lynn's entire world falling down around him. What, no, wait, no, I... Lynn stammered, feeling his ears drop down low as a blush burnt hot over the entirety of his face. I didn't... I didn't mean that. I meant I'd get an in and you could stay with your parents. I don't... I'm not going to meet your parents. 
I get an in, tell you where we meet up in the morning. No meeting parents, no embarrassment. Kaylin looked back at him and Lynn didn't know whether he was glad or really fucking hated the amusement on his face as he did. Okay, just wanted to make sure. Staying with them would be nice. Sure they even forgive me for being gone six months and only coming back for one night before shooting off again, he smiled and Lynn swore he could see sadness in his eyes. It was a strange thought. Even when they'd been alive, Lynn never really missed his parents. Even less so now they were dead. He'd been away for three years once and never did he even think of returning home just to see them. Of course, he knew supportive parents existed. He'd read about them, but to see it firsthand was something new, something incredibly different. You know, Lynn pondered, trying to make it seem like it was a completely different thought to the conversation they were having. There is a bookshop I wanted to check in on in Eastbourne. It definitely won't be open when we get back and probably won't be open till at least noon tomorrow. Wait. No, uh, it's a holy day for home followers tomorrow. They won't be open. Tell you what, did you mind staying an extra day in Eastbourne? Paid, of course. Kaylin just looked at him and Lynn knew he had been discovered. But the half-elf just looked down at Kiva, smiling a little to himself before responding in a voice dripping with fake annoyance. Well, I suppose, if it really can't be helped, and if you really, really need to visit that bookshop, I can wait for another day. Obviously this is important to you. Lynn couldn't help but smile at that. It was a strange feeling, the rising warmth in his chest that he hadn't felt in a very, very long time. He knew, deep down, that ignoring that feeling was bad, but that didn't mean he'd stop ignoring it. Facing reality right now would just be too scary a concept, 